From Pune, this is AWR, Adventist World Radio. Welcome to our international English service. Today in our program, we bring music from heritage singers and Benji Koshi. A health message on starch. Our thought for the day comes to you from God's word on the topic, Seven New Things. I'm Sharad. I'm Sophia. And you're listening to Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Now we invite Dr. Chitra to speak about starch. Starchy foods 
long shunned as fattening, are the new superstars of the food galaxy. Today's news is that the road to better health is paved with potatoes, pasta, rice, beans and bread. But what about protein? Don't we need lots of protein? For a long time, people assumed that because muscles are predominantly protein, we needed to eat a lot of it to be strong. But the body is like a car. Once the car is built, only a few additional parts are needed here and there for maintenance. Similarly, a human adult needs relatively little protein for daily maintenance. Around 40 to 56 grams per day, that's about 2 ounces of pure protein. What the car does need on a regular basis is good, clean gasoline. The body also needs a high-octane fuel that burns cleanly and keeps it running smoothly. That ideal body fuel is starch, a complex carbohydrate. Isn't fat also a body fuel? Fat in general is stored fuel carried as a baggage. It's the reserve tank. If the body runs out of carbohydrate fuel, it can dig out the spare stuff. But fat doesn't burn as cleanly as carbohydrates and it's not as energy efficient. So what are carbohydrates? Carbohydrates are the sugars and starches in the food we eat. A lot of people don't understand the relationship between sugars and starches and the confusion is compounded when terms like simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates are used. In general, simple carbohydrates are the sugars and complex carbohydrates are the starches. All carbohydrates, both sugars and starches, are broken down by the digestive tract and end up as glucose. The body absorbs this glucose from the intestines and uses it for fuel. Carbohydrates are almost exclusively found in plant foods, in grains, fruits and vegetables, and in the many foods made from them like breads, pastas, pastries and cereals. The sugars, or simple carbohydrates, are digested quickly and unless fiber is present, they enter the bloodstream as glucose within minutes. This produces a quick rise in blood sugar accompanied by an energy increase. But sugar flooding often causes the pancreas to overreact, sending out a surge of insulin which not only brings the blood sugar back in line but sometimes drops it too low. The result may be an energy dip, often with a feeling of faintness or shakiness. The usual reaction is to grab a snack or a soda to straighten out the problem. A better solution would be to eat an apple. In their natural forms, nearly all carbohydrate foods contain liberal amounts of fiber. All the fiber is not generally digested by the body. It absorbs water and forms a soft mass in the intestines which acts to slow down the rate of sugar absorption. The starches, complex carbohydrates, on the other hand, are very complicated molecules. Much larger than sugar molecules, they take longer to digest and thus don't push up the blood sugar level as quickly. The high fiber content of unrefined starchy foods is an additional help in evening out the rates of digestion and absorption of nutrients. But aren't starches more fattening than other foods? Fat is the most fattening food. One gram of fat carries nine calories, while a gram of carbohydrate carries only four calories. Most of the fat we eat 
goes right into the fat stores of the body. The problems are caused by the refining and processing of carbohydrates. The volume of the food goes down while its calorie content goes up, making it much easier to overeat. But when carbohydrates are eaten along with their fiber, the appetite is satisfied with fewer calories. A food plan that includes lots of potatoes and pasta, beans, barley and rice fills people's stomachs without overloading the system with calories. Add a variety of fruits and vegetables and it's virtually impossible to eat enough to gain weight. But top off these healthy foods with butter, gravies, sauces, salad dressings, sour cream or cheese and your nutritious low-calorie food becomes a calorie disaster. Eating too many refined processed carbohydrates will load you up with calories, cause energy swings and make you fat. But eating complex carbohydrates in their natural forms with their full complement of fiber not only allows you to eat a greater quantity of food and still lose weight, but provides more consistent energy levels and increased endurance. This kind of eating plan will also keep your arteries clean and cut your food bill in half. Where can you find a better bargain than that? Thank you, Dr. Chitra, for being on our program. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope for all. To know more about our program, contact us on Adventist World Radio, post box number 17, Pune, 411-001, Maharashtra, India. The Bible says, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Psalms 96.9 Benji Koshi with a song Forever at Thy Throne
Our thought for the day is taken from God's word on the topic seven new things. Most people are interested in something new. Once there was a city whose inhabitants spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Act 17:21 The city of Athens for such it was must have been an interesting place in those days. Whether we all know it or not it's an interesting thing to become a Christian. There is so much new about it. If you doubt it, just try it. To anyone who is bored with life, we would like to suggest that you just begin to follow the instructions laid down in the Bible on how to be a true Christian. And life will have something new and interesting for you from that day on. First of all, there is justification. Sort of a big word, but worth getting acquainted with. It means a change of state. a new standing before god and it certainly is a new experience to anyone there are four sides to justification it is by grace the source romans 3:24 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ jesus it is by blood the means let's read romans chapter 5 and verse 9 much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him it is by faith the method of receiving therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ and next it is by works the evidence james chapter 2 verses 22-26 let's read verse 26 in particular for as the body without the spirit is dead So faith without works is dead also. So you see, we who once stood before God as condemned sinners now stand before him as pardoned saints, accepting Christ's death in our stead. God accepts his righteousness in place of our sin. Christ was treated as we deserve, that we might be treated as he deserved. We were in a state of condemnation. Romans 8:1 says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus when we are justified we experience a change of state and enjoy a new standing before God secondly another new thing for all who become true christians is repentance a change of mind a new mind about God and about the sin which keeps us away from him First John chapter 1 and verse 9 we read if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness in Psalms 86 and verse 5 it says that the Lord is good and ready to forgive the trouble with many today is that they are not ready to repent isn't it strange that men are not ashamed to sin but sometimes they are ashamed to repent David committed a great sin but his repentance was great too it is said that Voltaire attempted to write a profane parody on the 51st psalm the psalm of David's repentance but that he was overcome with confusion and shame and gave up the blasphemous effort a real repentance is shown by our deeds in restitution of what we have unjustly acquired an obedience to all the commandments of god in making all things right as far as possible thirdly the third new thing is conversion 
which is a change of life. A new life for God. Jesus once said in Matthew 18 and verse 3, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. This new experience does not come in the same way to all people. The conversion of the jailer at Philippi was sudden and dramatic, and he was full of excitement and emotion. Acts 16 verses 25 to 34. Many have been converted that way. Paul was one on the highway from Jerusalem to Damascus. Another was Luther, who turned to God during a thunderstorm when he was struck down by a bolt of lightning. Peter Waldo, called a reformer before the Reformation, was changed from a gay man of the world to a servant of Christ when a friend seated by him at a banquet in Lyons fell dead. Servicemen have been converted while under fire. Sailors and airmen have been converted on rafts in mid-ocean. Infidels have been converted. Even ministers have been converted. All sorts of people have been converted. Yet, you can hardly find two who will describe their experience alike. But the real proof of conversion is the actual change of life that is evident to everyone. It is the old orchard test, as the scripture says, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Matthew 7.16 Fourthly, the new thing that all of us need and find when we turn to God is regeneration. That is the new birth. And by it, we receive a change of nature, a new heart from God. What did Jesus say about this? We read it in John chapter 3 and verse 5. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And the Apostle Paul said, The kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, as we find in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And here is God's promise to give us this new nature, a new heart, as he calls it in Ezekiel 36, 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Oh, that is what we need today. New hearts, culture, education, science, these are good, but not good enough. The president of a great university looks at the world about us and says that education is not a sure hope, but it's our only hope. But friends... It will require more than education. The selfish hearts of men must be changed. They need a new nature, a regeneration, and this one can come only from God. A man moved on to an old farm and went to the pump for a bucket of water. But the next door neighbor was there and said, Look here, my friend, that water is not safe. The family who lived here before used it, and it poisoned all of them. Is that so? replied the man. I'm glad you told me. I'll soon make it safe. I have a remedy. So he went out to his truck and got a big bucket of white paint and painted the pump. He put it up all the cracks and had a fine-looking job. 
Then he said, Now I'm sure it's all right. It looks good. But we know he was foolish to paint the pump when the water was bad, or to think he could change the water by painting the pump. So it is with every single one of us. We must be changed inside, regenerated, born again spiritually, before that part of the world which we influence can be as it ought to be. Make the fountain good, and the stream will be good. When God gives us a new heart, everything will be new, for out of the heart are the issues of life, says Proverbs 4.23. The fifth new thing is adoption, a change of family, and a new relationship to God. Once we were children of wrath, says Ephesians 2.3, but now we have something new. We are sons of God by faith. Listen to this from John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. If men ever needed this new power, this privilege, they need it today. But how can they have it? How can we have it? The answer is here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, Ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. You see, this adoption into the family of God centers in the cross, and all the pooled intellect and energy of the entire human race will not accomplish it. Deny, reject, forget, ignore the cross, and there is no sonship with God, for we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The sixth new thing is sanctification a change of service, a new separation to God. In justification, Christ's righteousness is imputed to us. In sanctification, it is imparted to us. By His Spirit, Christ dwells within our hearts. We ought to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Second Peter 3.18 What does sanctification lead us to do? It leads us to holy obedience. Any so-called sanctification which exists in mere feeling, does not reach the Bible standard. First Peter 1-2, the apostle speaks of sanctification of the spirit unto obedience. And of course, this goes along with the true belief, for we read in Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, that God has chosen his people to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. So you see, this new thing leads to belief and obedience. The seventh and last new thing is holiness, a change of likeness, a new character like God's, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12.14 The word holy is akin to holy. And this text shows that as Christians, we ought to be entirely in God's hands. Some people are willing to live for God one day a week, but live for everything else this, the other six days. This is not holiness, no matter what claims are made for it. It is true. Salvation is ours by grace through faith, as we did in Ephesians 2.8. But the real evidence that we have been born again as children of God is a changed life. A life of purity and separation from our former wrong ways of life is the evidence called for. We may make all the claims we wish, talk about salvation, pray about it, sing about it, but unless we turn away from dishonesty, impurity of life, 
falsehood, hatred, and all the popular and unpopular enemies of good and God. Reality to our claims. We are not at wholly surrendered to God. It is written in James 4.4 that whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. We cannot be on both sides of the fence at the same time. If we are to follow that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, we must make a full surrender to God and serve Him with the heart. We must be entirely spirit, soul and body on God's side. So these are seven new and wonderful things for everyone who really wants to be a Christian. Justification, a new standing before God. Repentance, a new mind about God. Conversion, a new life for God. Regeneration, a new heart from God. Adoption, a new relationship with God. Sanctification, a new separation to God. Holiness, a new character like God. In Christ our Savior, may these seven new things be gloriously yours and mine. Thank you, Pastor Frederick Paul, for sharing God's Word. We trust you found our program to be a blessing. You are listening to The Voice of Hope from Pune, India. Sing praise to God who reigns above, the God of all creation, the God of power, the God of love, the God of our salvation. Even now, each of us can participate in celebration of His majesty by glorifying Him with our lives. And one day we will all join with all the people of every nation in that heavenly celebration. We have all eternity to praise God. Begin today. With this, we come to the end of our program. To know more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411001. Maharashtra, India Remember, our address once again is Adventist World Radio Postbox number 17 Pune 411001 Maharashtra, India You could also email us on amc3 at vsnl.com That's amc3 at vsnl.com I'm Sophia. And I'm Sharad, signing out from Adventist World Radio. Join us again on our broadcast. Until then, we wish you good health and a happy home. Goodbye and God bless you.